This is SAFM Sport with Tabiso Musia. Okay, so let's start by going over to the U.S., New York, exactly. That's where we find um, a lawyer, producer, and writer, uh, Kelsey Trainer, to talk about this $24 million U.S. dollar settlement that the women's team has reached with their federation. You know, I think Meg Rapino said it on Good Morning America this morning. Uh, it's not just a victory for the U.S. women's national team in, in winning or, or settling this equal pay lawsuit, but it feels like a victory for women everywhere. Um, sports are a microcosm of society. And so if women are being underpaid um, in professional sports, it's certainly happening um, in in every other profession across the globe. Uh, So it doesn't just feel like a win for this this long-fought battle by the U.S. women's national team, uh, but they were fighting for for much more. They were fighting for for women everywhere. Mm. And how has the reaction been in the U.S. that side, beside what we've heard from the players? You know, it's been interesting. I mean, this battle, for so long, the chance have been equal pay, equal pay. U.S. soccer, um, even though they won a few battles in, in court, they've lost a lot of um, they've lost a lot of good faith in the mm. court of public opinion. And so I think you had um, Cindy Parlo-Cohn, who's the new president of U.S. soccer, who was really in charge of, of brokering this deal, or at least the face of it. Um, and she was a former U.S. women's national team player herself. Uh, so I think U.S. soccer is doing a lot to repair its image publicly. Uh, the reception everywhere has been really positive. Um, the U.S. women's national team has been highly successful, way more successful than the men's national team. Um, and so for people to see the pay start to reflect that, um, I, I think that the reaction has been overwhelmingly positive. And listen, I mean, the women originally sought, I think, $67 million dollars. Uh, this settlement is for $24 million. Uh, so it's not quite that, that large number uh, that they were advocating for, but it's still, it's still a good amount, and it shows that U.S. soccer is, is taking seriously the issues of unequal pay in the past and focusing on um, changing, changing the future. Um, and, and another part of it is, is that the, the $24 million is conditioned on the U.S. women's national team and U.S. soccer reaching a new agreement, a new collective bargaining agreement. Uh, so that will be the new agreement between the two sides that sets the standard uh, for, for years to come. And, and Kelsey, why did they reach a settlement instead of the matter finishing its course in court? Because it's been ongoing for a while now. You know, this has been a big stain on, on U.S. soccer. Um, I think even though they won uh, certain, they, they won their, their stage of the equal pay part of the, the battle, which is what was still in court, um, they lost so much kind of in good faith and, and public recognition. Um, and going forward, you know, there was no guarantee that the judge, the, the, the appellate court, that the judges would agree with what the lower court did. Um, so like any lawsuit, there's always risk and appeal and, and seeing if the law was applied uh, correctly. Um, and so just to move forward and to, I mean, they were spending millions and millions of dollars on uh, legal fees, right, when they could have been essentially paying the women that. Um, so I think it just reached the point where both sides uh, realized that this, this just needs to, uh, it needs to be done, but it needs to be finished in a way that shows that U.S. soccer values the U.S. women's national team and the players. Yeah, and and twenty-four million dollars is the settlement now, as you've mentioned. How will it be distributed then? Uh, does it go to the players? Does it go to the sport in the U.S. football for girls? 
Yeah, so this was a class action. So that $22 million is going to be split up between the players that were part of that that class action, Um, the players who played for a certain time period who uh, received pay lesser than the men's national team. Um, And then there's also going to be $2 million of that, $24 million of that is going to be going to a fund for post-career goals and charitable efforts. Um, and I think that's something that was really important to the players. I mean, there's been two players, Hope Solo and Carly Lloyd, that have since retired since this U.S. Women's National Team lawsuit has been going on. Um, so the focus is on getting those women paid for their work that they've put in um, and then also setting them up going forward to be even more successful. And w- would you know if this 20, 22 or $24 million includes back pay now? Yeah, so that's that's essentially what this is. So the other portion, the the Title VII claim, uh, that was settled. That was had to do with working conditions, flight arrangements, hotels, turf, playing playing conditions, etc. That part was already settled, and the, the the sides came to an agreement back in um, in 2021. So this part, this equal pay, this settlement is for the equal pay claim um, that would include back pay. Uh, for the past however many years this, this lawsuit's been going on and what the claim period is for. So have we seen the end of the matter now? Can we can we say that it's come to an end or does it still depend on that other agreement that you mentioned? Yeah, I would say, I mean, so there's two big, there's two big things happening this year. I believe there's a March deadline of the U.S. women and the U.S. men's national team reaching a new collective bargaining and agreement with U.S. soccer. Um, I think that there's no way that U.S. soccer would have announced this settlement and kind of agreed to it if they didn't see a very clear path to agreements with the women's and men's national teams uh, being signed. So I think that, you know, pending anything outrageous, um, I think this this is the end of a a truly uh, ugly era in in U.S. soccer, and I think there's a lot to, to look forward to and to hope for. Yeah. And finally, now going forward, is it correct to say that there will be equal pay now for for the women and the men? Um, there, <laughs> that's that's kind of the, the the fine line that they're working on. I think the back pay is that they they've, they've given some money to negate the fact that there wasn't equal pay. And going forward, they're going to work on some agreement that is. Uh, for the men and the women's national team that has some sort of equality, you know, whether that is pooling all the money that they get from FIFA, right, because there's so much more money on the men's side than on the women's side. If they pool all that money um, and split it equally versus, you know, the men getting their large chunk and the women not, uh, that might be one option. But those are still details that they're working out. Um, but I just think with the, the women in charge of the U.S. Women's National Team, the Players Association, uh, there's no way they're going to be settling for anything less than equality or equity. Yeah, and with this case going on for years, um, how has the reaction been like from the men's team? Have they been supportive of this cause of the women's team? Um, I think generally the men's team has been supportive. You know, some people would say that sometimes it was strategizing. Like, if, if the women got more pay, then the men could could then negotiate their contract uh, based off of the women's and, and demand more pay. Um, I think generally the support has been there. I don't know if it's been as vocal as people would have liked, uh, but it's been there, and I'm I'm hoping going forward it's it's really going to be kind of one nation, one team with that joint support of, of the men's and women's national team.
Okay, finally, this is the last one. You mentioned Cindy, the U.S. soccer president. There is an election next month. Um, do you think now this will play a major part in the election? Is she running again? Absolutely. I think Cindy Parlo-Cohn had the knockout punch with this lawsuit settlement. Um, Carlos Cordero obviously was in charge when U.S. soccer uh, put in their lawsuit or put in papers and filings in court that you know, women, the women were essentially uh, inferior to the men um, and had less speed, skill, strength, everything uh, to, to, to play soccer. Um, so he's not a favorite. Uh, he is a favorite, I think, in, in the youth soccer space and, and maybe a bit internationally. But um, not. I, I, I think we're seeing, you know, the players, Alex Morgan, Meg Rapino went on national television this morning with Cindy Parlo-Cone. They sat right next to her. Um, they congratulated her and, you know, them working together. So I think this is a huge win for her. Um, and I don't see how, how Carlos can, can kind of get past this. What a big story. What a historic day for football, not just in the U.S., but around the world here. And we hope that what's happened today will have a domino effect and also happen in other countries. You know, a few years ago in Norway, we did cover that story here. I think a few years ago, 2017, 2018 in Norway, um, they also reached an agreement of equal pay for both men and women's team. And this is really wonderful to hear. Kelsey Trainer speaking to us all the way from New York about what happened uh, today with the settlement. We do welcome your reaction, 061-4104-107 or 011-714-2006 if you want to speak to us. It's about time the women get what they deserve and what they are worth, surely.